You're listening to Comedy Central. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. December 4th, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. amazing i feel like i walked out twice this is fantastic i'm trevor noah our guest tonight is the lead singer of alabama shakes and has just been nominated for two grammy awards Brittany howard is on the show tonight everybody she's gonna perform a song from her new solo album also on tonight's show sushi is trying to kill you your tv is leaking your nudes and donald trump is taking his ball and going home so let's catch up on today's headlines All right, first things first. If you just bought a tray of sushi from a drugstore or a gas station and you're about to put one of those pieces in your mouth, wait. <laughs> There's something you need to watch first. Ready to eat sushi, salad, and spring rolls are being voluntarily recalled over fears of listeria contamination. The Fuji food products are sold in 31 states in Washington, D.C. They were shipped to several different retailers, including Trader Joe's, 7-Eleven, and Walgreens. The products are packed in plastic, with most having sell-by dates of November 22nd to December 6th. Fuji says consumers should throw out any of the food in their possession. Okay, now you can put it in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> No, because, I mean, let's be honest. If you bought sushi at a drugstore, you don't care if it's poison. I mean, <laughs> health warnings are not for people like you, my friend. Like, I'm not surprised that 7-Eleven sushi is not top quality. I mean, they sell it in a 42-ounce cup. What did you expect? <laughs> I don't risk my health on this. Like, my rule for sushi is simple. If you can't see the person making it, you should not be eating the sushi. Right? It's the same reason I don't adopt kids, all right? If I wasn't there to see you being born, how do I know you're not just a raccoon in a baby costume? I'm not getting tricked again. I've been fooled once. <laughs> I also feel bad for the health department officials who have to enforce this rule, because they're gonna go into the convenience store like, I'm afraid your 7-Eleven sushi has gone bad. And the clerk's gonna be like, and? <laughs> no, I mean, the sushi here could be making people sick. Your point is? <laughs> Although, I do get why drugstores sell sushi. It makes sense. Because they have a pharmacy. They're just trying to sell more penicillin. <laughs> yeah. Plus, it's good in case laxatives are out of stock. Yeah. You'd be like, sorry, we're out of X-lax, but have you tried our spicy crab roll? Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I, I, I admire people who go to drugstores to buy sushi. Yeah, because forget bungee jumping. You guys are the real <laughs> thrill seekers. Yeah. 
I got a business meeting in 40 minutes and I don't know where the nearest bathroom is. Let's do this, yeah! <laughs> All right, but speaking of sea creatures, this next story. Over the past few years, we've seen images of coral reefs that have been devastated by rising sea temperatures due to climate change. And unfortunately, half of these delicate ecosystems around the world have already been lost. But now, scientists have come up with a weird new idea for saving them, and it seems to be working. In an effort to help save the coral reefs, listen to this. Scientists are suggesting a little different approach. A new study shows a little bit of noise coming from underwater speakers was enough to bring dying coral back to life. Researchers played recordings from healthy reefs around reefs that were close to dying. Well, they found a 50% increase of marine life. Okay, wait, what? They're using sound recordings from healthy parts of the ocean to inspire sick coral to get better? That is amazing. Hey, imagine if you had a sick relative in the hospital and you went in with a recording of all her friends having a party (laughs) and that helped her get better. You're just like, oh, you have Ebola, Granny? Well, how about now? Like, what if it turns out all the other negative side effects of climate change can be solved by something this simple? Wouldn't that be great? Like, maybe the way to stop cows from farting is you just make them hang out with another cow that they have a crush on. Yeah. (laughs) And just like, "Mm, oh, hey, girl, hey, girl. (laughs) And I know the the idea of playing sounds to help heal the ocean sounds ridiculous, but sound is a really powerful tool. I mean, like, think about this. In the hospital, every time that machine goes beep, the person dies. (laughs) Yeah, they should take that machine out of the hospital. It seems dangerous. (laughs) All right, but let's move on to an international story. Kim Jong-un is back in the news again, reminding us all why he got the nickname Little Rocket Man. North Korea is threatening the U.S. with an unwelcome Christmas gift. The North accused the U.S. of stalling nuclear negotiations because of the upcoming presidential elections. The country is giving the U.S. until the end of the year to drop its, quote, hostile policy. North Korea's so-called Christmas gift may be a long-range ballistic missile test. That's a weapon capable of reaching American cities. Oh, boy. Kim Jong-un is saying that if the United States doesn't do what he wants, then America's gonna get an unwelcome Christmas gift. And analysts say that that means another big missile launch. But who knows? Maybe it's a Peloton. You don't know, yeah. (laughs) Which for President Trump would be even worse. You're like, no, why didn't you just blow us up? (laughs) Okay, it's 6 a.m. starting day one. And by the way, by the way, I know Kim Jong-un is a horrible dictator who kills his people and threatens the world, but you have to admit, his photos look stunning. (laughs) They really do. I mean, if they had Instagram in North Korea, that would get a ton of likes. I mean, look at that. The horse looks beautiful. Kim Jong looks majestic. I genuinely commend that photographer, although I suppose when your life literally depends on taking a good photo, (laughs) you'll take a good photo. Yeah. Kim Jong-un is like, okay, make this a good one. Yes, sir. (laughs) Make sure I don't look fat. (laughs) And finally, some news about one of this year's hottest holiday gifts, just in time for you to remove it from your wish list. A consumer alert from the FBI this morning about the risk of owning a smart TV. The FBI says hackers can use your TV to change channels, send your kids inappropriate videos, or cyber-stalk your home. Agents recommend learning what features are on your TV and how to control them. Come up with your own unique passwords and make sure you know how to disable microphones and cameras. The FBI also recommends placing tape over the TV's camera. Oh, shit. 
Hackers can now break into your TV and watch you? This is terrifying. No, I would rather have someone leak a sex tape of me than see what I look like when I'm watching TV. <laughs> yeah, because when I'm watching TV alone, that is when I'm at my most gross. I'm playing with my toes, scratching my belly. Sometimes I spill ketchup on my shirt. Then because I'm lazy, I just try to suck it out. Mm. <laughs> hacking your TV. And by the way, are hackers just running out of things to hack now? Huh? They started on computers and phones, now they're hacking TVs. What's next? They're just gonna start like hacking our smart toasters. Ha ha, Trevor likes his toast at level four. <laughs> Let's see if we make the brown level two. Ha ha ha. And then I'm there like, ah, it's not crunchy, hackers. <laughs> the only good part of the story is when they said that the hackers can also change the channel you're watching. That part I actually think is kind of nice. Yeah, because <laughs> I hate having to find the remotes. Yeah, now I can just be sitting at home like, Dimitri, change the channel. <laughs> and the hacker will be like, okay, time for baby Yoda. Here you go. <laughs> and I will say, uh, speaking as someone who's on TV, I think it makes it exciting for me because I could be getting a new bunch of accidental viewers because of the hackers all the time. Hey, new friend. <laughs> Sorry, I know you're probably trying to watch the Knicks game, but I think you'll find I'm not that different. I also lose every time I play basketball. <laughs> All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's move on. Tough, tough story. <laughs> the NATO Summit. It's the annual meeting of the world's most powerful alliance. Sort of like if the Avengers were extremely concerned about steel tariffs. And yesterday, the meeting got off to a rocky start. President Trump had a testy exchange with the president of France. He called out Canada for not pulling its weight financially, and he demanded that Germany stop pronouncing their Ws like Vs. <laughs> You're making Wiener Schnitzel sound way less funny like that. It's Wiener, not Wiener. <laughs> so Trump spent all day causing chaos at the NATO summit, right? And then later that day, it led to something that nobody has seen before. A bunch of world leaders caught on camera laughing at America's presidents <laughs> behind his back. Breaking overnight, a video that might just drive the president crazy. It appears to show the Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, the French President Emmanuel Macron, and British Prime Minister Boris Johnson laughing at how the president conducted himself yesterday. Watch this. <laughs> That video, that video is amazing for two reasons. One, it is crazy that we were able to hear a private conversation between major world leaders. Like, did they not know this was happening? And two, that when world leaders get together, they are gossipy bitches just like the rest of us. <laughs> like... <laughs> like... I thought... I thought after meetings with Trump, world leaders would be like, okay, we need to go back and draw up a new treaty. Instead, they're out here like, what was he wearing? <laughs> And the French guy's like, oh, so he can't speak English. I mean, I don't speak English, but he really can't speak English. <laughs> yeah, it turns out NATO is so catty, they should get Andy Cohen to host it. That's what they should do. <laughs> and while most people thought this video of world leaders trashing Trump was hilarious, there was uh, one person 
who did not find it funny. We've got the president leading a testy NATO summit. Leaders appear to be mocking him behind the scenes, and that was the last straw. The president responding right in front of the cameras. Take a look. Does he have a video of uh, Prime Minister Trudeau talking about you last night? Well, he's too fast. The president was scheduled to have a press conference before he left, but during that bilateral meeting, after he was asked about this video that's going viral of Trudeau that we played for you, the president said, well, I don't think I'm going to have the press conference now. I think after my bilateral meetings, I'll just get on the plane and head back home. Yeah. In response to what happened, Trump called Trudeau two-faced and announced that he was leaving the summit early. And you know what? You know what? To be fair, Trump's not wrong. Justin Trudeau is two-faced. He's got a white one and a brown one. (laughs) And as for him going home, as for Trump going home early, guys, I think they hurt his feelings. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it's like Trump was at a sleepover and all the other kids turned on him, you know? And now he's just there like, mom, I know it's a day early, (laughs) but can you come pick me up from NATO? And look, man, I know a lot of people don't like Trump, but I don't care who you are, man. Every single one of us knows this feeling, huh? Finding out all the cool kids at school are laughing at you. (laughs) Hmm? Then you run home all the way crying. You know when you're a kid and you cry, you run with your arms dangling by your side. And for Trump, the most hurtful thing is probably the fact that Boris Johnson joined in. That's a shitty thing. That's shitty, Boris. That's a shitty move, Boris. That's your friend. You know who Boris is? Boris is that one kid you think is your real friend. And then you see him over there trying to fit in with everyone else, telling them your deepest secrets. Oh, and also, Donald told me he pees the bed. I told you that in confidence, Boris. So shitty. So President President Trump was clearly hurt by what happened. He decided to head home early. But before he left, before he left, he tried to get back at all these other dudes by making some new friends. From the Miracle Meeting, President Trump has got lunch with a select group of NATO nations, what President Trump calls the Two Percenters. That's a group of eight other nations that are spending 2% of their GDP on defense. They include Bulgaria, Greece, Britain, Estonia, Romania, Lithuania, Latvia, and Poland. Okay, this is just embarrassing now. (laughs) Trump's rolling with Romania, Lithuania, and Latvia because of what happened? It's almost like the popular kids dropped him and now he's eating lunch at the loser table. (laughs) And they're probably really nice. They're like, don't be sad, Donald. You can have some of my horse tongue. It's boiled and pickled. (laughs) To get away. So look, man, clearly NATO did not go well for Donald Trump. And I'll be honest, I don't blame the Donald for flying home early. Mr. President, you shouldn't be in a place where people are gonna laugh at you behind your back. You get on Air Force One and you fly straight back home where we promise that we will laugh at you to your face. (laughs) We'll be right back. (laughs) 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is a Grammy Award-winning musician. You know her from Alabama Shakes. Her debut solo album is called Jamie. Please welcome Brittany Howard. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It is truly such a great honor to have you here. Um, Not just because I'm a fan of your music, because I'm I'm a fan of how much people are a fan of your music, which sounds like a weird thing. But I I always love artists that just get people excited wherever they go. Like, have have you ever wondered why people love everything you do just beyond the music? Well, I like to think I'm just who I am. I'm not putting on any false fronts, and I'm coming up here and just trying to make people feel more comfortable about being who they are and to embrace that. And I feel like that's kind of the best thing I can do right now at this moment in time. Is just be yourself. Just be myself. I feel it. Thank you. I'm gonna lie, I feel it. And being yourself has been really good, you know? Uh, you, have, you have a bunch of Grammys with Alabama Shakes and now with your debut solo album, two Grammy nominations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's been wild. It's been a wild ride. You know, I used to work for the post office. I used to work for Cracker Barrel. I used to work for Shoney's. I don't know if y'all know what that is. I've had so many jobs. And in the back of my mind, I was like, but I'll always do music and I'll always love music. But this might be the best I get for now. But I still got that dream. And then being here on a show, this is the first time I've ever spoken on the show. Um, That's wild. That's wild. Having Grammys, that's wild. It is wild. It's crazy. You've been on a wild journey, and, and, and it is a scary step to take because, you know, Alabama Shakes is really successful. You guys are headlining festivals, and, you, you know, you, you, you're selling out smash concerts, and, and then you go out and you, and you create a solo album, which is a terrifying stage for any musician to, 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 to take in their career, you know, to, to move to that next stage. Why would you do that? I think... It... <laughs> I'm crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I think I just wanted to truly be myself. And, you know, I'm really influenced by people who are just so totally wanting to share their vision. And they start from the ground up. And that's what I wanted to do when I made this record. I wanted to start with the rhythm section. I wanted to make my own bass lines, drum parts, keyboard parts, and then put my own voice to it. Because to me, music and, and what I'm trying to say is very connected to one another. It's not two separate things. And, and I wanted to create something like that, even if it's once in my life. You, I wanted to... You've definitely done it. And I don't think it'll be only once in your life because, I mean, you produced this album. And obviously, you worked with amazing musicians. But to produce your own work is, is powerful. The stories that you write, uh, you know, in the music and the songs and, and what you're talking about is truly one of the most personal experiences I've heard in, in songs that you've been on. You know, um, for instance, the song Goathead. 
mm-hmm. is, is a story of your mom and dad and how, as an interracial couple, people did not want them to exist. Could you tell the audience what Goathead is inspired by? Yeah, Goathead is, is a story... This song started as a story that my mother told me when I was around 14 years old. I grew up and I was very lucky to have the uh, ignorance that my mother's white, my father's black, and we all get along for the most part and we love each other. And I thought that was going to be my experience in the world. When I got a little bit older, my mom was like, no, 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 no. It was not easy. My mom told me the story about sleeping in her apartment and my father coming to visit. And when he woke up the next morning to go to work, his car, the windshield was bashed in and the tires were slashed and slurs written on the car and in the back seat was a goat's head. And they basically were saying, stop this now. Right. Stop this love that you guys share. And um, that was hard to hear. And it's always been in the back of my mind and it's always been there. And once I wrote this song, I had a chance to release it, you know? Um, And I think telling my parents' story, even if it's not my story, I think it's doing them some good too, just to say this happened, this was wrong, and this is what happened. And I think other people need to hear about this. It's powerful because Every song takes you on a different journey. There's joy, there's pain, you know, there's there's reminiscing, and then there's the present. Georgia is a story that shares, in many ways, that that, that theme of of a truth that is painful in its beginning, but then has come to a beautiful conclusion. And and Georgia is is a love song mm-hmm. to another woman. And I I love how you talk about how it was it was it was different for you to to sing so explicitly about loving another woman because of where you grew up and and the place you grew up in. Yeah, it was, it was hard being an odd man out in a small town, and I always felt that way, and all the friends that I kept also felt that way. And when I wrote this song, I just thought how great it would be to write a song for myself when I was that age. And I was so confused about who I was and didn't understand that love could be anything, look any kind of way. And I wanted to write a song that I could jive to at the same time. And I had not heard a song like that. And so when it was time for me to write this record, I said, how cool would it be to write it from that perspective when I was just a child and I was just needing some support, a little encouragement. Uh, I need to see something that resembles me and how I feel. And I I loved writing that song and and it's actually one of my favorite songs on the record. It's a beautiful record. I can genuinely see why it it has been nominated. Um, Everyone who listens to it loves it, including myself. One last part of it that touched me in a way that I wasn't expecting because it's not one of the songs, but rather the title of the album Mm -hmm. is Jamie. Yes. Why did you call the album Jamie? Yeah. um, I had a sister, you know, uh, older sister. She passed away when I was nine. She was 13 years old. She had a really rare type of cancer called retinoblastoma. And um, I lost her at a young age, and she taught me everything about being creative and using my imagination because when I was growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have all the video games and all this stuff, you know. It was just us outside and my sister would say, well, you can write a song, you can have a good time or we can go play in this creek or we can go find snakes. You know, I grew up in, I grew up in Alabama, so we was out there in the creek. (laughs) Looking for snapping turtles. Um, But she she taught me how to use my mind to create the world that I wanted. And, And so when it came time for me to 
make a record like this, this record is so much of my world and so much of how I feel, that it was only appropriate to say like, thank you and put her name on it. Yeah. Congratulations. Again and again and again and again. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.